Now I'm going to say this past Antonio, you know, it's actually not past it came. It has been a busy month of June for me. I have already finished and completed one of my classes, and now I'm waiting and trying to be able to get some things out to you all. But I wanted to just let you know that it has been a busy, busy June, but it has been a blessing. Amen. I have been just soaking in things, having to deal with certain things, but God is still on the throne. Amen. And I wanted to kind of bring this out towards you because he was letting me go back and have some things go back and just, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot of revealing of some things, exposure, a lot of exposure is still coming to the body of Christ and also to the government. And I mean, all these different people that have God has been able to remove and replace. And I mean, not just our government, but there's going to be more things coming up. Amen. And I wanted to kind of touch bases with you because it has been a minute, but I'm just letting you know that I had to take care of some things, but also at the same exact time, you know, God is starting to have some avenues open up for me. So I wanted to, as, you know, the content creator, just to let you know that God is still here. God is still evident. God is still the relying person or rather spiritual God that we need in this time and this place. Say, let me say that one more time for people in the back. God is the most influential God that we need right now. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. It's not about events. It's not about epic proportions. We need to get our our lives back, our minds back to where God is, focusing on him. And yes, we're going to have different avenues, different things going on. But God is saying, go back to his first love. Go back to him. Go back to, you know, reading your Bible, going back to scriptures, going back. I mean, it's been so much that, man, I had to sit there and say, honestly, wait a minute, hold up. I need to do my podcast because I have so much more content to push out, to give to you. So without further ado, I just want to say this also too. For the ones that have been listening to me from day one, I appreciate you. For the ones that's just now catching up with me, thank you. I really do appreciate it. For the ones that have been able to honestly sit there and find me, maybe by God-given understanding or just to be able to simply listen, I thank you. But I wanted to say this also too, that God is putting so much in me to me that I want to be able to get it out to the people. Now, I have a little bit of a dualitary um, subject, but I wanted to be able to cover some things because we've been talking about false prophecy. We've been talking about also the fear of the Lord is coming back into the church. And these two are going to be intertwined a lot. So I just wanted to let you know that these are some of the things that God gave me, amen. But I wanted you to let you know, pull up your Bible and having 
pencil and pen or, you know, just having a word with you and also being able to jot down in your journal or wherever you want to take your notes so that we can be able to get just dive right in. But I wanted to let you know we're going to be coming from Second Kings 22nd chapter. And I looked at this. I mean, we've been through this one um, so many times and it's relevant so many times for us today. And as God is showing me that the Bible is just, it's just like a a mirror and it's just, you know, the things that the Israelites went through, we're going through it. So I wanted to go into the 22nd chapter of second Kings. And I want to start at the, I want to start at the eighth verse because a little bit of the synapses is King Josiah. Now we're going to do first verse. Okay. Josiah was eight years old when when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jediah, the daughters of, excuse me, the daughter of Adah of Bashal. Now, I looked up her name, which means, and I thought this was so fitting about her characteristic and how she was able to raise and have an impact on her son, Josiah. And when I looked it up, it means Yahweh. And I said, what? I was like, okay. And (laughs) I know that sometimes I get a little bit ahead of myself, but I thought this was just so fitting. And when I looked it up, I thought, okay, this is something that, for me personally, is just how we name our children. Let me side note this is so important because it gives you a depth of who God is and how names really do affect how we as parents, how we as a nation is supposed to be able to just commemorate who God is. And I mean, You've seen in the word of God how some families have been able to name their children. And I mean, what is synapse, the synapsis of it is so sometimes even downright brutal. And sometimes it's with joy. Uh, let's think about it uh, with uh, Tamar when she was named. And that means so much of a sorrow. I mean, she was the first uh pretty much woman in the Bible that was for Tarrant felt for telling of her rape. And it was just an intimate scene between her brother and her. And I thought that was so profound. Now you have Jadia and Jadia means beloved, beloved of God or Yahweh. And I thought that was so cool. Just that her name means that. Now, also, too, you have Josiah. Now, Josiah, which uh, pretty much they're saying that his name Yahweh heals. And I thought that was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Let, Let me go back. Josiah, and he's only eight years old. And I mean, from his birth, you, I mean, you gotta go back. I mean, you really have to go back. And how he was able to 
go through and having so many different things to happen to him. And he was only eight years old. But God had brought him from that and he became to take the throne at eight years old. Think about it. I mean, what were we doing at eight years old? We were, uh, some of us were pretty much being hid, you know, uh, playing, you know, some games outside or, you know, playing with dolls or, you know, uh, sometimes people have, uh, we have, you know, jacks or, you know, just dolls or uh, jumping rope. I mean, certain things like that as an eight-year-old, you're not really thinking about, you know, ruling. But in Josiah's case, that was just something that needed to be done because at that time, the kings of, after David and Solomon, I mean, the the, the kingdom was split. and I mean, this part, which is very vital, you have to go back, and we'll probably go back through Josiah's um, time frame, but it, I mean, right now, in this point, it just made me even the more happy and satisfied because Josiah was only eight years old, and his commitment, his his way of thinking was so much mature, so much for his age. And it says in the second verse, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of David, his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. For him to be that mature at eight years old and wanting and willing to have a relationship with God, that speaks volumes of a child. It truly does. Now. Verse three, and it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Saphon, the son of Azar, the son of Meshul, the scribe to the house of the Lord, stating, saying, excuse me, go up to Haggai, the high priest, that he may sum the sum the silver, excuse me, which is brought unto the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the doors have gathered of the people. Now he was concerned about God's house at this point in his present time. And usually, come on now, usually this isn't something that we as you, we as all of us should be concerned about how we present ourselves in the house of the Lord. But also at the same as at time, this is where God comes in and he sits with us in the Holy of Holies and only the priests at that time could be able to go in to the Holies of Holies and be able to talk to God. I mean, bring up our sins towards God. I mean, being able to, to, to just be in the presence of the Lord was only between the high priest and God. And also at the same as that time when the high priests were not up to status, up to par, and not living the way that God wanted them to live, they would hang a, uh, a bell around their leg to make sure that, and they kept moving to make sure that they were living. Now, if the bell stopped, that meant that the people would have to, you know, drag the priest's dead body out and bury it because they saw that it was not, they, you know, the individual was not living right. And I said, Lord, help me, Jesus. And I'm like, look, 
it is so much meat and potatoes in this but i want to i'm sorry but i know i said i wanted to go back to the eighth verse but i just want to give you like a little backstory of what's going on at this present time now it says in the eighth verse and help kai the high priest said unto Saphon the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Helkai gave the book to Saphon and he read it. Do you understand that the book of the law, which is the Mosaic law, which is, I mean, that's the bread and butter of God's people of Israel was, was lost for a long time. And you're just now starting to see and, and, and having to be able to bring back that foundation in Israel into the people. I mean, into the kingdom, into the nation. That's exciting. That's, that's like, you know, having, you know, lost all of your memories or having your, you know, legacy being found. I mean, that's huge. And I was thinking about how. We always want to go on DNA, you know, ancestry.com, what have you, to find all of, you know, your, your legacy or your, your, you know, the ancestors that you do have. But what was so profound is that when he, when he was able to find it, he was able to share it with another, he, another Israelite. And in that time, I mean, with the high priest and then having the scribe, I mean, that's just ideal to find it in God's kingdom. I mean, that's, that's huge. And then on the ninth verse and Saphine, the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, thy servant have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of them that do the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Verse 10, and Saphon, the scribe, showed the king, saying, Hilkai the priest have delivered me a book, and Saphon read it before the king. Now, I'm saying, like, this is, like, huge, because at the same time that the king Josiah, he was able to sit there and grow up some more in God. I, and I'm sorry, I should have, you know, when, let me go back to verse three. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Saphon, the son of Azal, the son of Mosul, the scribe to the house of the Lord saying, and this is what, I mean, that's huge. To find the word of the Lord like that, that's, I mean, that is life. And I mean, just to have the scribe to sit there and be able to read it to you. I mean, honestly, like, this is like life. Every time that we are reading this word, it is something about just having the, the, the words come off the page. I don't know about you, but every time that I do read my word, it becomes so much part of me. And I was like, when he was reading it to him, I mean, I can imagine so many different things. But it says in the word of the Lord, verse 11, and it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. Now, 
Now, now, now, now, now. Do you understand the heart of King Josiah when he read his clothes? He was repenting of all the evil that he and the people had done before they were able to read the word of God. Let me say that one more time for people to back. Do you understand that as he was getting the Bible, the word of God read to him, I mean, the law, I mean, the Mosaic law at that time was being read to him. I mean, there has to be such a huge wave of just God. Uh, I mean, just a huge wave of, I am in so much trouble that I need to be able to repent first. I need to be able to sit there and say, okay, let me let me go ahead and repent first because I'm supposed to be an example for my people. Since they've been serving the Amorites, Hittites, all of these uh, ites, now, I mean, it, I mean, you gotta, I mean, look at it from his point of view as the king. Like, okay, let's just say because you're the mother or the father of the family, or even if it's just, you know, you're a single person, you are in charge of that whole entire household, whether someone is living in it or not, or it, even if you have a, a pet or you have someone that is there with you, you're in charge of them. And if they start going in a different direction that is different than what God has already taught them, don't you know, you're going to feel a sense of regret. You're going to send a, a, a sense of guilt. I mean, honestly, just having to sit there and realize, wait a minute, hold the phone. I am not living the way that God told us to live. Now it's time. No, I need to rent my clothes. I need to be in mourning. I need to be sorrowful. I mean, I need to be genuinely hitting my face to the floor. And I believe that's that's something that we as human beings need to understand. And I had a discussion with a good sister of mine and I was just telling her how we as human beings, we don't feel that. I mean, I, I don't understand how you don't feel that part. I mean, that's a heaviness on you that, you know, you know what's coming and we're not able, some of us are not able to embrace it. And I had to honestly tell her, you know, God gave us a choice. And after, I mean, I was crying, I was bawling too, but then God was sitting there telling me, it is written. It's already written. And I have to sit there and honestly tell myself, okay, God, you know, it's hard. Peels to swallow when you know it's going to happen. Irregardless of how we feel, we have a choice whether we want to live for God or we want to live for, for, for Satan. And at this point, when King Dosai read his clothes, my mom was like, he wants to take on everything because he is the example for his people. And I think we should be doing the same thing, not physically renting our clothes, but we need to be more sorrowful. We need to be more genuine and say, Lord, please forgive me of all of my sins. I mean, that's something that shouldn't just be natural, but it should weigh on us because all of the sins, even the past ones, 
that God says, I will cast those into the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember them anymore. But the enemy brings them back in full frontal in your face. And you have to keep forgiving yourself. You have to remember, I'm forgiven. And you have to forgive the other people that have hurt you. You've got to be able, in order for you to get a clean slate, you've got to be able to sit there and forgive. Now, I'm, I'm, let's go back on track because this is some more stuff I need to get out to you, amen? And it says the 12th verse, the king commanded Hipkot, the priest, and Hakim, the son of Zaphon, and Ashborn, the son of Michal, and Zaphon, the scribe, and Ashan, a servant to the king, saying, 13th verse, Go ye inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the word of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the word of this book to do according unto all that which is written concerning us. 14 verse, so Hilkiah the priest and Hakam, Hakim and Ashborn and Zaphon and Asham went into Hildol the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tobah, the son of Hadas, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she is dwelling in Jerusalem and the college and they commune with her now come on come on come on come on come on see i love how king josiah is concerned about the people and about the ways that we that he grouped himself into it he said we have not been able to keep the commandments of this word and the wrath of god is going to be upon us if we come on now if we don't sit there and be concerned about what's going on, how is God viewing us now? Since we did not keep his laws. We, I mean, this word is heavy. I mean, it's something about just being able to know the Mosaic law and know the 12 commandments, which is the Mosaic law. And if you break one, you break them all. So for him, he wants to know. Wait, I, I, wait, let me pause, pause, pause. I don't care what else is going on. I need to know. So there was a prophetess and I love how God brings a lot of different prophets and prophetesses into what's going on. And I was like, okay, God, I mean, you, you set it up so perfectly. It's not like something you can just sit there and say, okay, you know what? Um, I'm just, uh, uh God has us in different reaches and different ways and different places and in different capacities in order for us to be able to know what we should say and what we should not say. And I liked how God sat there and he set it up so much so that even though this prophetess was not in where people thought, but did what God said to do. And her latest was she was a seamstress. 
She was in Jerusalem and she was as, you know, in the keeper of the wardrobe. So even though God places us in different places, doesn't mean that God hasn't given her the gift, that God hasn't kept her in her true form. And it was uh, pretty much stating that uh, Haldula, I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong, it means mole and weasel, a prophetess who lived during the reign of King Josiah. Okay? But also at the same exact time, it just to me, when he was saying mole or weasel, but that wasn't, it was like somebody hidden. Like underneath, like underneath the surface, you never thought that this prophetess was going to be just a seamstress, but God had her in different places. Do you understand that God places people in different places and different occupations just to get his glory and his honor? Amen. And I like that she was underneath the surface. She wasn't always standing out, but she was one of the people that they did know that was talking to God and that her lineage, oh my God, you just heard that's some bad stuff. I'm going to say it like I mean it, that her lineage and her, her legacy lined up with who she was. And I like that. But when they were stating, all, and I looked all of these, excuse me, I looked all of these up before, and it, it flows so well. And it says in the 15th verse, and let me go back first, uh, excuse me, 2 Kings, 22nd chapter, 15th verse. And she said unto them, thus says the Lord, God of Israel, tell the man that sent you to me, verse 16, thus says the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof. Even all the words of the book which the king of Judah hath read. Verse 17, because they have forsaken me and I and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the words of their hands. Therefore, my wrath shall be kindled against this place and shall not be quenched. 18 verse. But to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus says, thus shall ye, excuse me, thus shall ye say to him, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard, 19th verse, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord. When thou heardest what I spake unto this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a des desolation and a curse, and has rent thy clothes and wept before me, I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. 20th verse, Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace. And thy eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. Do you understand how, oh, God was moved? That's, 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 that's a huge 
I mean, for us to come back to God, I mean, because of King Josiah's obedience and because he rent his clothes, because he was earnest about how he felt towards God, how he motioned himself just to be able to be close to God. And he cried for the people and how they and how we, and he put himself in there too, how we were so much inclined to not do what he says do, but to go after other gods. Oh yeah, he know destruction. Yes, he said destruction, but King Josiah will not be able to see any of that because of the way he responded in God's faith. Y'all don't, y'all don't hear me though. Because when you hear the whole entire situation and King Josiah moved God so much so with his honesty, his obedience, and his love towards the people, and because of the situation, God said, "I'm not gonna." No, he go. Let me go back. He said it. He said that in the 18th verse, but to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus says ye, say to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard. 19th verse, because thine heart was tender and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heard of what I speak against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they shall become a desolation and a curse and has rent my clothes and wept before me, I have heard thee, saith the Lord. 20th verse, behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt gather unto thy grave in peace. And thy eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. Do you understand that because of how God was and how God was moved with his heart? I mean, the king could have sat there and said, I'm the king. I don't have to listen. But he honestly sat there and he said, you know what? Because of the disobedience of my people, I have to sit here and I need to be able to go into the forefront and honestly have a conversation and honestly say, Lord, please forgive us. And rent our, he rent his clothes. He, 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 I don't, from, he took the crown off. He tore his clothes. He probably went into sackcloth and was boarding and said, I'm sorry, God, for what we've done. See, that's the thing is that when we know we have been, you know, genuinely messed up, that's when we need to go and get on our hands and our knees. There is something about when God hears, when you hear from God from heaven, when you honestly have a conversation with him, I mean, all heaven, all of that. Who y'all, mm, y'all, y'all don't hear me though. See, when you have an honest conversation with God about what's going on with you, and when, especially when you sin, and you don't sit there, you don't make no bones about it, you don't sit there and you don't cover it up, but you honestly put it towards God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm genuinely sorry. And even though this king, which was only 18 years, he 
never knew what was going on, but he finally found out through the word, the Mosaic law, what was going on. Do you understand? He wanted to touch base with God to see if this is going to be true. It, what can I do? What, what am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to say it? You know, how am I supposed to communicate with God? Y'all, y'all don't. Y'all don't hear me. Well, Pastor, why you get because you want to get emotional. You want to sit there and you, I mean, to, to honestly want to just touch. I, I mean, have a conversation. I mean, just honestly, just go before God. And I know we go before God a lot, but it's just the, it's the fact that his innocence of Josiah, he, he, he sees how his heart was. How, how he was just honest and open about what was going on. That he honestly wanted to inquire of the Lord. And that's why he went and seeked out the prophetess. And do you understand that, that to me, that will turn the tide because we're trying to be so, so honest with God. When is the last time you became that honest with God? I mean, that pure, that upright, that holiness. I mean, just honestly, just blatant with it. Like, God, I'm sorry. Genuinely, God, this is what happened. This is what I'm not trying to make any kind of excuses saying it was, you know, this person's fault, that person's fault, but it's my fault. God, how am I going to fix this? What am I supposed to do? Can't please hear me. And I mean, honestly, during that time, we didn't have the, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Ghost. So they would go and inquire of the prophets or the prophetesses at that time. And I love how he just sat there and honestly went before God and, and was honest with the conversation, the discussions. And honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. It could have went the other way. It, I mean, God could have sat there and he, he could have said, but God said, when God says it, it settles it. And I mean, at the same exact time, I was looking this up because it was just like when, when Josiah came on the scene and you saw all of these different people, all of these different gods was done. And because of his religious leadership ranked him with Jehoshaphat and Hezekiah, which was Josiah's great-grandfathers, as an outstanding righteous ruler. And the time you had Baal altars, you had a seer uh, poles and stars and planetarium worship and children's sacrifices and to Molech in the valley of Ben-Hanab. Ben and astro astrology and uh all these occults and and altar worship and it was just a lot and with him josiah tore those things down he he made sure that god was the only god in judah and i i was like man this is something we need to understand is that as person that is doing what God says do. And I love how his name means Yahweh heals. And I thought that would be so perfect. Just, I mean, Josiah means Yahweh heals. 
And I was like, we got to get into this mindset that, you know, we have to be able to sit there and just sometimes worship him. Sometimes just give God the praise and the glory. Not even asking for nothing. Just honestly sit there and say, Lord, we thank you. And simply sometimes raise your hands and say, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, the Lord God Almighty. What is and is to come. Just sit some, sometimes simply just Yahweh, Elohim, El Shaddai, El Rapha. Just simply saying his name, saying his son's name, Jesus. And I mean, I know that we have this tendency that every time we're praying to God, okay, God, this is what I need, this is what I need, this is what's going on, you know, pop, pop, pop. But you don't listen, you don't give God the praise. You don't give him his glory. You don't give him his honor, his due. You don't. You you don't sit there. And I say that too. I'm saying, let me say it. Me and you. We as human beings, we always give me, give me, give me, but never sitting up there saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Oh, Lord, I, I give you. Every time I get up in the morning, I say, Lord, I thank you. I say, Lord, I praise your name. And if I forget, Lord, please forgive me. I thank you for my eyes to be open. I thank you for giving me breath in my body. I thank you for getting me up this morning, starting me on my way. Do you understand how much that is to me? I mean, just honestly giving him the praise, the honor, the glory. I, 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 I mean, that's something about just being able to give him the praise. And it's something about, you know, his son's name. That every time I say it, even if I'm in an emergency or just I need him, I say Jesus. And it's not something that just his name, Jesus. And I'm not talking, I'm not trying to defile his name or nothing like that, but it's the fact that when I'm in a car accident or anything like that, not just emergency, but just sometimes Jesus. Just because of the situation or 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 just the way that the reaction, Jesus. And you start seeing like God comes through. I mean, in some things I've never like honestly just having so many times of having a car and almost sitting off the uh bridge and coming back from having to go and do some things and then you know, I, we almost swerved and I was asleep and I woke up and I put my hand on the wheel with my husband because he called my name and I said, Jesus. And the car immediately stopped. Y'all don't hear me though. Y'all don't hear me. See, that's the thing is that every time when I get up in the morning and then when I'm going to bed, it's something about the communication when you have with God. It's just something about every time that you get in your prayer closet or you just have a conversation. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know about you, but I'm the CEO of my home and I want to keep it clean. I want to keep it well stocked and well this and that. So I'm around here when my children and my husband are at work 
And even when my children are here, my husband's at work or, or no one's in the house, but it's just me and my army, which is my dog, is at home. Do you understand that I'm I'm talking to God? And and I don't know about y'all, but I'm mopping, I'm sweeping, I'm talking to him. I'm like, look, God, you see what's going on, you see this and this. You know, he reveals some things to me too. And and I mean, I'm not at Abraham level. That's not what I'm trying to. I wish I was able Abraham level, okay? This is a little safe way, but anyway, I'm just saying it. I want to be at that level where I'm like. If I could, I would definitely just all the time just talk to him, just honestly sit there and just have a conversation with him and just like have those conversations where I can be able to be like Adam and 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 having that closeness and and that intimate just details like. God will tell me, you know, different things and I could tell him different things. And, you know, I can be um, honestly just honest with him and he can sit there and and give and, you know, develop a relationship with me. And that's what God wants from us. And I'm going to say it like I mean it. Let me say this, too. The religiosity of all of these different things, you know, you have to be like this. You have to say this or have to say that rituals and all this other stuff. God wants our hearts. And don't you know, he will honestly help us to learn how to be able to dress, how to be able to be appropriate, how to do this and that. I mean, some things will start shedding off of you. Let me say that one more time for the people. Some things will start falling off of you. Like your language, what you look at, what you dress like, what, you know, all of those different things will start falling off of you. And, and you will want to put on holiness because you want to be closer to him. You don't, you're not going to want to keep doing what you're doing. You, you want to, yes, you fall and you make a mistake, but then you get back up and you don't make the same mistakes. Let me say I'm going to talk about the back. That's, that's the thing about like, Having a relationship with God, I mean, you're, you're, when you pray to God, you're shabaking God. I mean, you're talking to him. You're honest with he, with your praise and you're honest with how you talk to him. And I mean, it's like, it's like nothing in the world can be able to replace. I love my husband. I love my children. I know, you, you know, everybody has, you know, someone that is a spouse or, you know, a loved one or someone they really adore and, and, and really enjoy being able to discuss and dispute and talk and laugh and joke. But it's just something about when you talk to God. It is just something about when, you know, you have an inclined ear and he has an inclined ear to you. And it's just something about it. I mean, even just to know that his son, Jesus, died on the cross for you. And I mean, every time that he sees you, he sees the blood on you. I mean, it's just, I don't know about you, but that's just something about just, just the, just the humbleness in it. Just someone going in and dying for you when you should have died in this place. Y'all don't hear me though. I, I don't know about you, but that, that to me, that speaks volumes. God didn't have to have his son to come down, but he did. He he didn't have to have his son to come down 
through 42 generations and to, through Josiah's generations just to be able to come in and complete us and start the world over. I mean, when he passed away, that was day one. When I mean, it just, I don't know about you. It's just, I don't, it's just, to me, to me, we got to get in our word more. We got to be able to pray more. We got to fast more. We got to, we, we got to get closer to God more than ever. And to me, the fear of the Lord is going to come back into the church because God is going to start having people falling off too. The ones that ain't doing right, they ain't living right, that's not saying they're of God, but, you know, wolves and sheep's clothing, that kind of thing. I mean, I, God keeps telling me it's it's coming to a head. A lot of the things we're going, we're going to go through more wolves. We're going to go through more things. But it was just the fact that when Josiah had had his and his 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 whole entire way of being able to when they presented him the mosaic law and the scribe went and found it and then at the same time you were finding trying to find you know go and find the treasure but you honestly found the word of god which is the mosaic law and that became the most important important part of the treasure Y'all don't hear, oh, y'all don't hear me, y'all don't hear me. Let me say it one more time. You can have all the riches in the world, but if you don't have God in your life, you, and I've, I've heard it today, and a doctor said it, and I love that he said it, because when he said it, you can become dumb. You can go and get higher education, all this other stuff, but if you don't keep the principles of God with you, your high education is going to be at a higher cost because you just traded your whole entire salvation for something of worldly goods. That's not going to profit you, no. And then you're teaching your client that is of God and of faith, and you treat them not even right. And then at the same time, their children see that. And then you start realizing you are the impact because it can be a ripple effect. And I was listening to one lady's testimony about somebody, a psychologist. And I said, Lord, that I thank you, Lord, because the psychologist gave her uh, the wrong emphasis of what it was that she was suffering. Instead of listening to her and honest, being honest about everything. And because the person wasn't of God and in the same mindset that God had it, this made this girl go a totally different lifestyle that God had to go in and retrieve her from. Y'all don't hear me. I had to learn that throughout me getting any type of higher education in psychology and life, do you understand? I'm trying. I am not trying. I am keeping God with you. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. Keep God with you. And I was like, God, Josiah found you at eight. I thank God that I found you at 10. But at the same exact time, God, you had the mothers and, you know, family members, you know, paving the way on who you were. And then at the same exact time, you 
put me in the fire in order for me to trust you, number one, and then develop a relationship with you so that I know who you are. In essence, that's what Josiah had. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. What are you talking about? Do you understand that in the 23rd verse of 2 Kings, and it says, And the king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. Second verse, And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. Verse three, and the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people stood to the covenant. Verse 4. And king commanded Hilkai, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal, and for the grove, and for all the hosts of heaven. And he burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kishdon, and carried the ashes of them unto Bethel. Verse 5, and he put down the adulterous priests whom the king of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah and in the places round about Jerusalem. Them also that bury incense unto Baal, to the sun and to the moon and to the planets and to all the hosts of heaven. Verse 6, and he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem unto the brook Kirdon and burned it at the brook Kirdon and stomped it small to powder and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. Mm. Verse 7, and he broke down the houses of the Solomites that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wore hangs for the grove. Verse 8, and he brought all the priests out of the city of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Girbal to Beersheba and break down the high places of the gates that were in the entering of, in, of the gate of Josiah, excuse me, Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on a man's left hand at the gate of the city. Do you understand that all of these terrible things they were doing near the house of the Lord? They were doing right by it. And these were things that the previous kings let happen. And it took King Josiah in order for God to come back into the whole entire household of God. Oh, y'all don't hear me. It's the mindset. It's the fear. It is the reverence of God that you see in King Josiah. And the love that he has for God, that he will sit there and make sure he tears down all these high places. He makes sure that all the Amorites, all of the different idols, 
all of the different demonic stuff that was going on at the time. All the idols, all the adulteries, all of the priests that were not right, that they had to be killed, that they had to be put down because this is something that God did not ordain for these people to do. Now, I'm going to say it like I mean it. Do you understand that the United States should not be doing certain things? And the, oh, y'all don't hear me, though. See, the stuff that we're starting to see in the movies, in the media, in the cartoons, and having all of these different months that is not ordained by God. Do you understand? God does not like this. And I had to look at it and I said, well, God, do you see? And, and God was like, look, do you understand? I'm not tolerating any of it. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is not tolerating any of it. Thus says the Lord. He is not going to tolerate it any longer. You're going to start seeing the tables turning. Do you understand that God lets us see the decisions that we have made previously to this? God lets us see the decisions that some of us have made towards all of these electoral people, all of these people sitting in seats and all this. He lets us see the ramifications and see the destruction has happened because we did not do what thus says the Lord. We went off on what we thought would be right. And I'm going to say it like I mean it. I didn't elect the person that is in the office. But do you understand that God sat there and said, I'm going to let him stay in office only for a set time to show the people who the true God is. Show the people what God is about to bring back to the United States of America. Y'all need to understand we have revival and it's here. It's now and it's present. We need to start going and doing what God says do. We need to bring back God into the churches, into our in, into our church, into the institution, not just the institution, but also our colleges, our homes, our, 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 our workplaces, our schools. Every place that God has been replaced, we need to put him back. We need to put him back in our constitution. We need to put him, I'm talking about, we never left his name out of it, but I'm telling you, it's the, it's the actions that people have. Do you understand that even children in the capital stopped because they said, God bless America. And do you understand that God is sitting here? And do you understand this? This things are going on that people, you trying to write out God, but God is, God is the only one that's going to be able to save us. He's the only true God. There is nowhere else for us to go. None. There is no, you have so many demigods, demigods are lesser gods, but why won't you serve the true and living God on today? Wait a minute, pastor, you going, no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what I know is that we need to be going back to where we need to be at, which is God. We need to give God back into our schools, back into our curriculums, back to where we need to be. No longer can we sit by and let the enemy have his just do. No. We need to be sitting there and say, no, absolutely not. This is my child. This is what we need to be teaching them. 
And it says in the word, you need to be teaching them the word of God when they're coming in and going out. And even on the way, you need to be teaching them the word of God and giving them instructions. Now, I'm going to say it like I mean. And I love how God was sitting here and he was talking to me about false prophets. And I did not, for the life of me, I totally almost forgot. But at the same exact time, I'm going to say this and, and I'm going to go over. And I have to understand that on the 25th verse, that as they were talking and like unto him that no king before him had turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to the law of Moses, neither after him arose there a like him. Oh my God. Do you understand? We are here to separate and to initiate all the things that God says. It's God calls us, but few are chosen. I don't, I don't care what office you operate in. Do it with God and God in mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me say it one more time for the people back. Some of us want to operate outside the will of God, and that is not good. Some of us are telling that we are about greed. We are about um, getting all of these different things, accolades, all that stuff. And then at the same time, to be honest with you, you know, I have conversation with God and I'll sit there and I'll tell God, this is how I feel, God. And God will sit there and say, you know what? I have something else for you to do. That's not yours. And that's okay. See, that's the difference between me and you is that I don't want to have this world. This world is not going to satisfy me. The only only thing I want to do is be able to get to God. And he says, well done, that good and faithful servant. Y'all don't hear me, though. Y'all don't hear me. I love my children. I love my husband. But I know that this world is not going to get any better. It's going to get wickeder. And it's going to get like Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, let me say that one more time for the people today. Because the enemy only has a limited time and we as a nation, as a God, or ordained by God, we need to know what times we are living in. Amen. We cannot sit here and just idly think that we don't need to be on the battlefield. No, nope. we need to be on the battlefield. We need to be able to see what God is seeing and know what God is telling us in these last and evil days. It's not about sitting here and being by yourself or, oh, I, I don't have anything to do. No, you have something to do. Even if you're not a prophet or prophetess, even if you're not an apostle, preacher, no, if you don't even have a title, just brother or sister, get in your word. Teach other people about the word. Teach other people about God. Teach other people about who God is. And, and how he has made an impact in your life. Because the more times that we talk about God and conversations, do you understand? He is, he is present, but also at the same exact time. Do you understand that every time you talk about God, 
Every time he shows up, every time he shows up, every time he shows up. And that is a testimony to someone else that didn't even know God. And say that one time for coming back. There is a testimony to how God is in your life and how that can be able to help other people lead him, lead God to them, or you lead God. You are the example that they need. You are the one that makes the impact and no one else can be able to, to, to talk that. You can, you can plant the seed and then someone else can be able to water it. And then someone else can be able to nurture it to grow. But also at the same exact time, know that you're going to be able to make an impact in someone's life so much so that they're going to want to be able to know more about God. They're going to want to be able to sit there and and crack open the Bible more often and, and read what's going on and analyze what's going on and, and give some time to God. And then also at the same time, help your brothers and sisters and, you know, all of that. All that, just because you are being an example that they need in this time and this season, amen? Now, that's not even in my notes, but I'm going to say it like I mean it. God needs for us to be the example. Now, I want to say this also, too, for the false prophets. You're going to encounter the ones that are not of God. Let's just say that. Let's just be honest. You, you're going to have those types of prophets that you're going to encounter. And they're not going to be always of God. And at the same exact time, we need to be able to, to know when God is speaking and when God isn't speaking. And I was like, man, this is going to be good. And I don't know about you, but I wanted to go to uh second kings and they were talking about uh just how god was doing and he i was like wait a minute god you mentioned him and it was it was true and it says the second kings 22nd chapter and it was talking about the 12th verse and the king commanded helkai the priest and help help and Excuse me, ha- Hakim, the son of Safan, and Ashborn, the son of Neokad, and Safan, the, the scribe, and Ashan, a servant of the king's same mouth. Michaela, and I was like, wait a minute, hold up, I've heard that name before. And this is the, this is the prophet. I'm, I'm talking about he's bad. He 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 is that bad that I was like, whoa. I was like, okay. So for him, it means who is like Yahweh. And I was like, I was like, what? Who is like Yahweh? And I was like, Okay. And y'all be like, wait a minute, pass with me. Who is like Yahweh? Think about how he how it how they say it. Who is like unto God? I mean, no, I mean, 
Who is like Yahweh? You have to pause for a few moments on that. Who is like Yahweh? And I was like, okay. So please turn with me to 1 Kings. And it was talking about the 22nd chapter. And I was like, man, man, this boy is bad. Excuse me. 1 Kings, 22nd chapter. And it was talking about, let's go to the first verse so we can set it up. And they continued three years without battle between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. Verse 3. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramah in Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the land of the king of Syria. Verse 4. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramah Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. Verse 5, And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Verse 6, Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramadan Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they say, Go up, for the Lord hath, shall deliver it unto the hands of the king. Verse 7, And Jehoshaphat, is there not, excuse me, and Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? Listen, I love how Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, was so much more, and but yet and still he should not have agreed to go into battle with the king of Israel. And the king of Israel was Ahaz. And you know about Ahaz. And the one that was with Jezebel. And he was corrupt. But let's just be honest. He was corrupt. And he should not have been able to be in alliance with someone that is corrupt. And I used to hear that uh, corrupt, good habits, uh, no, bad habits corrupt good manners. And also at the same time, communication, bad communication, you know, uh, corrupts good habits. And it's like, you know, you need to watch who you are affiliated with, who you are aligned with, who is supposed to be of God and uh, not of the devil. So I was sitting here and I was looking at how a lot of people, a lot of people love to have people around them. And I'm just not one of those people. Now, I'm a, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I can count on my one hand how many people I talk to and how I consider them my friends or my families, my coworkers or associates. And then at the same exact time, do you understand that certain people can sit there and honestly know me? But then at the same exact time, it's a totally different 
perspective when from knowing me as I grow up. Let me say that one more time for people back. Let me explain something. See, there is such a thing that people know you and there are two types of ways they know you. One, they know you from work and the other one is knowing you by where and whom you live with. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. People can know you, but it's a totally different acknowledgement of you. Like my children know me as far as their mother. And then also at the same exact time, they know me as also someone that is a part of their lives. And then at the same exact time, I have a different other constant kind of concept towards me because I have people that have known me since I've been little. Some people that have known me since I've been a teenager. Some people have known me since I was in high school. And then I have people that know me as a the whole entire circle and, and everything. People know me, what I like, what I dislike. Certain people know me. And it's very few people that will know me like that. And it's okay to have it like that. Because everybody is not going to be able to acknowledge you, love on you. Uh, know you and also the same as that time that's how the enemy comes in and i was looking and listening to how i have very select people that i would listen to and i would take their words and would you know take it as a good thing but then when i start seeing certain people started to say things and i would see how they would lash out at me and it wasn't even me they were talking to, but it was because I was doing something more than what they were considering of what they were doing. So I had to start realizing and knowing and acknowledging, one, that person is not for me. Two, God didn't tell them to be around me. Three, I need to be leaving. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. One, I had to acknowledge that was not for me. Number two, I need to make sure that I need to be going. Mm-mm. They're, they're not that part of me that I need for me. And I love how this prophet stuck to what he was saying. That this prophet did what God said to do, no matter what. And I love how this prophet, even though there was a spirit of false prophet that came from all the other prophets this prophet Michaela he stood with what God was saying and stuck to it now I'm gonna say let's go let's go let's go right on into it because I was reading a little bit but I kind of let you know what was going on because to me it's profound we have prophets and we have the false prophets and it's going to be a whole different thing because now God is starting to separate the ones that are, you're going to start seeing who was the true ones and who was the false ones. And you start seeing that also too, how King Jehoshaphat was all in, whereas King <laughs> of Israel Ahab was not. 
And I love how God sat there and let, let's just go in. Let me, let me let me stop getting ahead of myself. And it says that in the seventh verse that and Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? Verse eight, and the king of Israel said unto him, Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Emelah, by whom we inquired of the Lord. But I hate him, for he doeth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Verse nine, then the king of Israel called an officer and said, hasten hither, Michaela, the son of Enoch. Verse 10, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, set each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. Verse 11, and Zechariah, the son of Shalom, made his horn of iron and said, Thus saith the Lord, with thus saith, thou push the Syrians unto thou have consumed them. Verse 12, and all the prophets prophesied, so say, go up to Ramon Gilead and prosper, for the Lord hath delivered it unto the king's hands. Verse 13, and the messenger that was gone to call Michaela spake unto him saying behold now the word of the Lord declares good unto the king with one mouth let thy word I pray thee be like the one of one of them and speak that which is good see I don't like how this messenger sat there and told that prophet this is what you know we're saying and this is how we're supposed to be saying it now, I'm going to say it like I mean it. I love how this prophet, Michaela, had spoken. Let us keep going. Verse 14, I'm getting, I'm getting happy. Michaela said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord spake unto me, that I will speak. Verse 15, so he came to the king and the king said unto him, Michaela, shall we go up, go against Raman Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it unto the hands of the king. Verse 16, And the king said unto him, How many times shall I inquire thee that thou shalt tell me nothing but that which is true? In the name of the Lord. Verse 17 said, I saw all Israel scattered, come on now, upon the hills, as sheep that has not a shepherd. And the Lord said, there have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And verse 18, the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, did I not tell thee that he will prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? Verse 19, and he said, hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. 20th verse, and the Lord said, who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramadan Gilead? And one 
said on this matter and another said on that matter. Verse 21, and there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will pursue him. I will persuade him. Excuse me. Verse 27, 22nd, and the Lord said unto him, wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Come on now. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. 23rd verse. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord having put a lying spirit in the mouth of all of these spirit, all of these prophets. Excuse me. And the Lord having spoken evil concerning thee. Oh, Lord. 24, 24th verse, but Zacchaeus, the son of Shalom, went near and smote Michaela on the cheek and said, which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? 25th verse, and Michaela said, behold, thou shalt see in that day that thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself, Jesus. 26th verse, and the king of Israel said, take Michaela and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to, and to Josh, the son's king, excuse me, the king's son. 27 verse, and say, thus says the king, put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread and affiliates, affiliation and with water and of affliction until I come in peace. 28th verse, and Michaela said, if thou return at all in peace, the Lord have not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, all people, every one of you. Do you understand how bold that is? Because he could have sat there and he could have went with the crowd. But then he honestly sat there and he told him, you know, you need to speak. King Ahab said, speak what you're supposed to speak. This is what he said. And I said, Lord, help me, Jesus. This man went off. Not only did he go off, but he stuck to his whole entire understanding. And he went into the heavenlies with God and saw the lion spirit go within the prophets. Y'all better, y'all, come on. I don't understand how y'all get that, but I'm just saying. How do y'all, how do y'all, God let him see in the heavenly of heavens. I mean, he let him witness the lying spirit and, and come in and want to be able to deceive and perceive and, and also be able to persuade King Ahab to go to war and make sure that he falls at that war. Y'all don't, I'm just saying when you know, that's, you know, that's bad. That, I mean, that's, that's God right there. And then at the same exact time, he will have the one that was lying, hit him. I mean, dead slap in the face, like a pimp slap right in the face. And then at the same exact time, the king ain't have sister and tell him that you're going to have bread and water and affliction until I come back. That's if you come back. The king, I'm just saying, he put his foot on that neck. Y'all got to read the rest of it. I'm not going to, I'm just telling you, if you do what God says do, 
and it's going to cost you your life, you best believe that God is going to take care of you. Y'all, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm like, look, you got some meat and potatoes in that. I mean, this prophet was able to go and see in the heavenlies of the discussion that God had and knowing the angels was like, I'm not doing, no, can't do that. And then having another spirit to come up and say, you know what? I'm going to be that lion spirit in the prophets so that that can persuade King Ahab to go to war and let him lose his life. Y'all don't hear me though. Oh, y'all just, 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 do you understand? And Jehoshaphat going to learn his lesson too. Best believe this during the battle, he learns his lesson too. And it's just, I mean, the close association with people, you know that, right? You better start having discernment. You better know who God is. You better know that this person is not a God. You better, nope, steer clear. That's not who I'm supposed to be with. All right, God, cool, let me go. I'm just saying, if you know for the fact and the truth that you know already, look at, I mean, all Jehoshaphat had to do was sit there and consult with God and say, look, God, if you want me to go to battle with you, go to battle with Ahab, King Ahab, please show me. But he didn't do that. And that's something that we have to be able to, as a body of Christ. We need to learn who is not of God and who is of God. Who we should be listening to and who, who we should be sitting up there and saying, mm-hmm, and keep it pushing. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. Wait, wait, wait. You know what? The reason why I love this dude, this dude, I mean, he and I can sit there. He lost his, you never know what happened to him after that. But I mean, bread and water, and they sitting up here giving him blows after blows before, I mean, hitting him, I mean, just torturing this, this poor prophet. You don't know if he lived or died, but do you understand that he stood up for what was right and to speak it? And then at the same time to reveal everything that was going on and still King Ahab didn't hear. Doesn't that sound like What's going on right now in the United States? Doesn't that sound like the true prophets of God are starting to stand up and do what God says do, but nobody's hearing them. But the false prophets, it seems like, come on now, it seems like they are being hurt and being able to prosper and being able to have financial wealth and all this other stuff. God is not playing. I'm telling you, God's going to cut that short. God is cut. Let me say that one more time for people back. God is cutting it short. God ain't playing with that. And you sit there and you see what he said. If you come, who I said, oh boy. I said, if you come back. He said, if you <laughs> let me go back. Let me let me go back to where God. It says in First Kings, the 22nd chapter, it says the 28th verse and Michaela said, if not return at all in peace, and the Lord have not spoken by me, and he said, hearken, oh people, everyone, ooh, you just don't know. That's if you come back. If you, if, if thou return at all in peace. Oh. <laughs> oh. You, and I love how he said that on the 27th verse, he said, thus says the king, put this fellow in prison. 
and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction until I come in peace. And 28 verse, and Michaela said, if thou return at all in peace, the Lord have not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, O people, every one of you. This is what a prophet is supposed to do. This is a prophet that did not bow down. This is a prophet that sat there and told the word of God. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not no genies. We're not nobody that just going to read your palms and all this. No, that's not what a prophet does. A prophet tells you the truth and what is to come. And even though it may be a woe, do you understand that he's going to sit there and tell you the truth to your face and make sure you understand what's going on? That's what a prophet or a prophet is supposed to be doing. And I love how the prophetess healed up. She did that. She did that. And even though she was undercover as a wardrobe, I mean, a seamstress in God's house still, do you understand? Do you understand as a seamstress and still doing what God says? Do Y'all don't, y'all don't hear me, y'all don't hear me, y'all. But some of y'all want to sit here, get in here to these jobs. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. Do you understand? That is your supervisor. That is the person that is your boss. But do you understand that's not my boss? Mm, mm, mm. That's the person I'm working with or for. But don't you know, at the same time, my boss is God. My supervisor is Jesus. And the person that is the caretaker over me is the Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all don't hear me, though. Y'all don't hear me, though. The boss of me is God. The person that is supervising me is Jesus. And the caretaker, the one that is supposed to tell me what's right and wrong is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm telling you, that makes my life so much more easier. Do you understand that people can sit there and say whatever but do you understand that every time that this prophet said something and he knew what was right and he knew that King Ahab was going to call on him, he still sat there and he went and he did what God says to do. Can y'all do the same thing? Oh, y'all don't hear me though. That's deep, past. that's deep. But it's the truth, tight but right. It's the truth, tight but right. Can we be able to do that? Can we be able to honestly sit there and say it may cost us of life, but can we honestly sit there and stand up for what we know is right? That's what a true prophet is supposed to do. That is a, a true minister, true evangelist, true, true apostle, preacher, teacher. I mean, minister, everyone in the body of Christ. It is going to be, I'm telling you. False prophets is not going to stand. It's not going to stand. God is like, no, this is just a season. Oh, y'all don't hear me, though. Y'all don't hear me. God is starting. Do you understand that also? And I love how I was looking at this, too. God sat there and he struck the first church that was for George Washington, all of the people that wrote the Constitution. And one person was in there, and I, I think it was a pastor, what have you, but don't quote me on this. Speaking, talking about the Bible, now, the Word of God, 
This was not even, uh, this was man-made, not of God. And when that God heard that, do you understand? He said, fire. I mean, lightning came from the earth, from the sky, from the heaven, down to earth, lit that uh, church up so fast, and that was it. That was it. Do you understand how powerful our words are? And when you sit there and you sit up, I mean, this Bible has been disputed in the court of law and it has become, it has been able to sit there and stand as the bestseller, has been able to stand and be irreputable in the court of law. So I don't see how in the world his mouth can form those type of words. I don't see how. In the, do you understand? He must miss, have some crack cocaine, something. Pastor, you can't say that. Yes, I can. Because I don't see how in the world you can sit there and say, this is not of God. This is not God's breath on this world. Because do you understand? Everything the Israelites, everything that Judah, everything that the Jews, all the Hebrew, all the people that did what they did, do you understand? It's a reflection of what we're going through right now. All of the idols that they're serving, all the different things that they're doing, it's a reflection of what the Bible was doing. There's nothing new underneath the sun. That's what the word says. Do you understand things that they were doing back then? It's coming up now and it's still, it's still relevant. The word of God is a living, breathing entity. In our lives. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. This word helps you to heal, helps to cut, have surgery. I mean, spiritual surgery on you. Cut out the whole entire sin that you've been in. And then at the same time, heal you and point you in the direction that you need to go. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. See, you need to understand that every time we go into this word, whether it is a prophet or a prophetess, whether it is a king, whether it is anointed, whether it is a false prophet, whatever God is trying to teach us, we need to absorb the word of God now because the word, the word of God is so, so important for our livelihood. For when you get up in the morning, God gives you breath. That's important. It's just that important because one day they're going to try to remove this from us. And you're going to want to see, you're going to want to know who God is. And I don't want to be like Josiah. I don't want to be lost without the word of God. I don't want to be able to go through life without having this Bible. And a lot of people bring acronyms to it. It's, it's the It's the book before we leave earth. Or this is the guidelines. It's the blueprint we have because we already know we won. And do you know that the enemy is trying to get rid of this playbook because he knows it's deadly towards us? He, he wants to get rid of it because he knows how important it is for us. Because we can see ourselves in the word of God and repent immediately. And for some, he keeps us so busy. He keeps us so busy that we don't get into this word like we're supposed to. And then at the same time, be like Josiah, King Josiah. Repent. And genuinely get on your hands and your knees and say, God, please forgive me for not getting into the word of God. Not, not getting, get a copy of this. I mean, the, 
the, the original is so good. Thousand these, get into the word of God. And even if you cannot be able to get the thousand those, ask God to help you to read it. And also they have the King James version, they, the NIV, but you got to be careful with the NIV. You got to be, be careful with all these different versions. But, but let God be able to instill in you what it is. Who is like Yahweh? Oh, I certainly. Who, I mean, I just, I just, who is like Yahweh? Mm, y'all, I'm, I'm just saying, this is the most important gift you can give anybody. What do you mean, Pastor? Money is good, you know, all this other stuff, but the word of God, the word of God would be the best gift for anybody because this can sustain you, hold you up when no one else is there. This can be with you as a lifeline when you need it. This is your bread and butter when you don't even have water, nor bread to eat, nor water to drink. Oh my God, let me say that one more time for people in the back. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is all we have. So cherish it. Know who God is on today. And know that God is watching and knowing and seeing who you are. He knows who you are. But also the same as that time. Get into this. I can honestly tell you it gets better. As someone who did the concordance and everything else, and I've been doing this since I was 12 years old. And knowing who God is in my life, it don't get no better. It, 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 you, you find things in here that you want to go back. And I've been going back with the prophet uh, Michaela. And I went back to different prophets just to be able to see who God is and to learn as a prophetess who I am in God and to learn why is it important to not to sit up here and be so nice. It is not even God's. If God puts it to me a certain way, I have to give it out to you. And it's not to offend but is to alarm you, wake you up of what's going on in the world. And it's like the equivalent, thank you, Holy Spirit, of an alarm clock. That alarm clock is waking you up and until you hit the snooze button. And even when you hit the snooze button, some of us, it takes us not one time, not twice, but three times to wake up. It will still have that delay and it'll come and it'll ring again. And it'll ring, 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 ring until you listen, until you honestly are up and awake and you have that fortitude to stop what you've been doing and change the whole entire way or shift your way towards God. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We as prophets and prophetesses, we're sounding the alarm of what is going on in the world. We are doing this not because we make it us feel good or make us know it's all about him, him alone. It's about God, not about man, not about me, not about anybody, but him. And I'm here to be the example where I have to be able to know 
where I want my legacy that every time my children, my husband, my, my, my grandchildren or going down to the 10th generation, they hear of me. They hear that I did it the way that God wanted it to be and not my way, but God's will be done. Y'all don't hear me though. That's, that's what it's about being a prophet or prophetess. We have to do what God says do. And no matter what the cost is, because it's going to be a high cost in order for you to do what God says do. The enemy is going to come in and he's going to do everything just to stop the word of God. But we have to be the ones to sound it out and tell people what thus says the Lord. And what is coming, more woes are coming. But we have one more. God is trying to be able to stop what's going on. And he's going to cease what's going on. Oh, before time. And we need to get in the word. We need to get close to him. Because I'm telling you, it's coming to that time where we need the word of God. And before the true prophets have to cease. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, Please follow and subscribe. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, and also other major platforms like YouTube. And you'll enjoy those type of broadcasting. But if you like this show, please leave a five-star rating. This will help us to be able to reach more people and be able to have our content to, to be able to reach and also expand out and just give God the glory and the honor for that. If you have any questions or comments, please reach me at Facebook by It Is Written by L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Once again, it's L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And also at the same exact time, I want to say this too. If you don't know God like we do, if you are not a true believer in Christ, because there are counterfeits, there are people that say they know God, but have not been able to give their lives over to him. I want you to be able to come on and go with me and turn with me to Romans. And it says it in Romans. Let's go ahead and turn right now, because I want to be able to let you know this is something very important. And it goes with what we as believers know who God is. We as believers, we want to be able to let you know who God is in this time and this season. Amen. And it says Romans 10, 9 and 10. And it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the man heart believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11, for the scripture said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that calleth upon him. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Please call upon God. Some to forgive you of your sins and let Jesus, his son, come into your life and be able to help you and guide you into where God is for you to be. 
having the Holy Spirit to be with you also, to tell you what's right and what's wrong, and give discernment, knowing that all of these things work together for our good, and knowing that you are now in God's kingdom, amen? Also, I am going to start more of the YouTube. I know it's been a lot, but I wanted to just come on and let you know, put a face to the name. Also, um, let you see who I am. And also the same exact time, I'm, I'm letting you know this right now. I'm going to be able to do some more of YouTube, but also at the same exact time, Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. That is written by Latina Yola. And also the same exact time, uh, contact me, reach out to me, um, give me some questions and comments and concerns that you have. Also, um, prayers could be also something that you need also. But in the meantime, please know we love you. Thank you so much once again for the ones that have been following me from day one to also the ones that just now started to see who I am. and. Just know that God is before me. So when I give you this word, it's coming from him. And there is more woes to be coming for us. And you need to stock up. I say that all the time, but we need to stock up food supplies, medical supplies. We need to uh, get back into the word of God. We need to start realizing who God is. It's not about who's in the White House, but who is in heaven. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I want you to know it's not about who's in the White House, but who is sitting on the throne. Amen. And that's the one that we serve. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of tables are going to start turning. A lot of people are going to be mad and upset. Don't put your mouth on people because you don't know who God has ordained for them to come back to. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. Please don't put your mouth on some people because you don't know what God has for them. And I'm going to say this like I mean it. Watch out for Israel. Pray for Israel. Pray for the United States. Pray for all of our the countries, your nations, your, your representatives. Pray for them because a lot of things are going to start coming out. And whether they're on the good side or the, or the, or the wrong side, pray for them. And until God says, don't pray for them because they have been turned over to a reprobated mind. We, as people, even as prophets or prophetesses, we have the heart and we see. And God has to say, it is already written. We have a choice. Make that choice on today to be with God and choose, oh my God. That's the best choice you can make because he will give you eternal life and your heart and your mind will be at peace. And I'm telling you, it is the best life to have. No one else can take that from you and no one else can be able to give you that. And in that regard, I thank you so much for listening to me. I thank you so much for understanding me. And I thank you for knowing and just being able to give your time and just give your your whole entire listening to who God is. Always, always judge by the fruit of who this person is, whether it's me 
another prophetess or a prophet, or even is down to the late, late members. Know who God is. Discern who they are. Know that God is with you and who can be before you. And we thank you right now. Kanon samida. Anyong.